0: Hi, I'm Ali Hassan, host of CBC's Laugh Out Loud. Do you like to laugh? Because we're serving up big laughs each week. We feature comedians from across Canada. You might already be fans of some of them, and others might be new discoveries. We record emerging comedians and established pros in front of live audiences all across the country, and we promise that you'll be literally laughing out loud. You can find Laugh Out Loud on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Uh, It goes without saying that one of the most talked about uh, films this year is called Killers of the Flower Moon it's It's the Martin Scorsese film., uh, It's based on a book by the same name. If you haven't read it or, or watched it, I'll do my best to give you the Cole's notes here now. So in the early twentieth century, the Osage nation in Oklahoma found this like extraordinary wealth harvesting the oil on their land. they They discover oil, and through that oil comes money. But with that money comes a bunch of white opportunists who marry into the Osage families and then commit a series of murders against the Osage people. Martin Scorsese finds out about this story, is captivated by it. He gets Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Tandu Cardinal, and Lily Gladstone to bring it to life. So Lily Gladstone plays a character named Molly Burkhardt. Molly Burkhardt is this kind of rich Osage woman, um, and her family is torn apart one piece at a time by these white interlopers. Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Ernest Burkhardt, courts Molly, marries her, and, well, I, I don't want to give too much away. But I will tell you that Lily Gladstone is having a big year, what they call a star-making performance through this role. And she sat down with guest host Talia Schlanger earlier this week. I was really sad I wasn't around to do this one. Talia started up by asking Lily about the time when, just kind of out of the blue, she got a Zoom request from Martin Scorsese, just as she was about to sign up for a community college course to, like, work with bees because Lily calls herself a, a bee nerd. Anyway, here's what she told Talia.
1: I um I mean, I had been brought into audition for the film about a year prior, almost exactly a year. This was this was like October. And after having had an initial audition and a callback and then COVID happened and I didn't hear anything, I assumed either the project had just stopped or, you know, as you assume as an actor, it hadn't gone your way. So I had just finished another independent film that had been um Several years in the making, and then had done a voiceover for Tuca and Birdie, and then that was kind of it. So I was sitting there, you know, still in COVID, uh, living at home with my with my grandmother and my immunocompromised dad, and you know, really just kind of wondering <laughs> what the next step was because this was before the vaccine, this was before there was any COVID protocol on sets. I just wanted something that would make me feel like I was participating in the world again. Um, And I just happened to really love bees. So at the time, lived a county south of where the giant Asian hornet was starting to set up nests. And I just, you know, I knew I knew the way that they just wreaked havoc on an entire hive. I watched that famous YouTube video of them just popping heads off of B after B after B. And I was like, no, Save the this bees. will not stand. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I was looking for just an entry level data analytics course at my mom's old community college that she taught at. And um, had the class pulled up. I had my credit card out to register for it, um, you know maybe was like stalling a little bit um, and then got that little, that little invite, which was just, it wasn't lost on me that timing because a lot of that was, you know, it's been said that it was me throwing the towel in on acting. And in some ways that may be true, but I feel like every actor has that relationship with it. It's just, it's hard. You get to that point where you have reality checks with yourself that you maybe need to do something else. Ultimately, I feel like the whole stamp on all of it after getting that initial like Zoom with Martin Scorsese. <laughs> it's like okay, that timing was nuts. Um, after that little round of uh, you know having a meeting, having a having a reading with Marty, followed up by a meeting with Leo, followed up by the offer for the role without a, really a formal audition, without really a formal um, chemistry read with Leo. That call came in on December first, which turns out is Molly Burkhart's birthday.
2: Isn't that beautiful? And, yeah,
1: uh. nobody designed it that way. Um uh. but yeah. It felt it felt a little bit bigger than me at that point.
2: Yeah, the whole thing, like there's a there's a lot of poetry. Um in that you, you and I are the same age, so we both would have been eleven when Titanic came out. Uh, and and I just without a chemistry read, like you end up on set with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. What was that first
1: moment like doing a scene with him? Um, I was very shaky. I, it happens a lot when a character's landing and on the first day of work i just get the shakes i think a lot of actors do mm-hmm. you just have to try to get it out of your face <laughs> so you're not twitching the whole time but um i mean luckily leo knows who he is he's aware of he's aware of a po- the power that he holds in a room you know and it's 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 strange to watch that you know to watch people's entire way of being just shift as soon as he's like there mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know anybody in, on this planet who's more well-known or more famous than this man, you know. So, of course, he has an awareness of it. Um, and luckily, he, you know, he invited me over to have dinner before we started filming, and we did a lot of community meetings with people together, meeting meeting Molly and Ernest's grandchildren together, um, meeting various leaders, and... You know, cultural and in positions of government um, with with the Osage Nation. So we had a lot of time beforehand to really kind of get to know each other. And I got to see, I got to see Leo at work. I got to see him at you know, just like at play, I guess. (laughs) So there was enough time beforehand to get that, um, to get all of that kind of nursed out, so we could just focus on the work when we got to it.
2: Yeah. When you say at play, I mean, the subject matter of the film is really heavy and, and the the world that oh. it takes place in is is really heavy. But I've also seen Martin Scorsese do some stuff outside of this, and he's got a wicked sense of humor. And I imagine there had to be some moments mm-hmm. of, of levity in what you were all doing together.
1: Oh, fully. And just like it just happens naturally when you get that many natives together in one place. <laughs> there was um, an extra that was a very prominent extra. She was on set a lot. We've, we stayed in touch with We stayed friends. Her name's Erica Iron. She's from Oklahoma. But she and another one of the Native extras, um, they were going around asking everybody on set their tribal affiliation and just keeping a tally of it. And uh-huh. by the end, we figured that or they figured and told me that there were between 200 and 250 different tribal nations represented on set at any given time, which is incredible. I mean, every, every level of production had an Osage person there. Um, The cast, you know, like uh, Janae, who plays my sister Rita in the film, she and I are related Um, in Canada roots. Actually, my great, great, great grandfather, um, Mikke Stu Red Crow was a signatory of Treaty 7 in Canada. Mm -hmm. And um his father's sister was medicine snake woman, Notoista, who was married to Alexander Culbertson And Natawista is Janae's great, 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 great grandma. That's incredible. <laughs> so, so yeah, sorry, that's all to just say when you get all of these natives together um in between takes, everybody's just laughing. You know, and I think that kind of I, I remember at one point Leo remarking on that, feeling there should be more of that in the film. Hmm. Because it's like, that's, that's what it is when you're in Indian country, people are just happy to be together and laughing the whole time. And I think having that, you know, and then, you know, just Tantoo, man, Tantoo's got an incredible sense of humor, (laughs) the scene where her, her character is passing away, and her daughters are with her and you know, she's crossing over into that next world in between every take, like she was just making everybody laugh so hard <laughs> and then just turn around action and then everybody's crying. But I think having that, um that levity and that joy, especially when you're telling a story that's so traumatic it's so important because for me, it just made it very palpable in the, in the moment. These are, this is the community that was, that this history was like, this history was taking, taking everything from, you yeah. know, it, it it just made it more
2: real. Oh, for sure. Well, you spent so much time um, immersing yourself in, in Osage culture and people and spending time with the, the descendants of Molly Burkhart, who you're playing. Can you tell me a little bit about what you learned from from your time with people who whose ancestors lived through this history um, that you wanted to make sure to bring into your portrayal of, of Molly Burkhart?
1: Yeah, that was really important because I think a lot of people, especially like non-native viewers or people outside of Indian country kind of um, lump us together in a fairly homogenized way, but we have such different histories. So I knew that I was going to be walking in with a certain level of um, not bias, but I guess just specifically like high plains informed by growing up in Blackfeet nation around Blackfeet people and, My first end to all of it was thinking about my great-grandma Lily, um, my dad's grandmother, who I'm named after. Hmm. She would have been um, a contemporary of Molly. They were born 10 years apart from each other. And, you know, a lot of things in common. Grandma Lily was traditional, um, but she was also very Catholic. And at that period in history, you know, that's that's a very specific kind of woman. Um, So I wanted to make sure that I was on the right track, But that, that ended up being, um, that ended up being a really nice way of connecting and deepening a lot of the friendships I already had with Osage people. Um, Before I ever stepped foot in Osage County, I was good friends. Um, Well, they're good friends now. We were, we were friends back then. We're very good friends now. But I I reached out to Wilson Pipestem, um, who I'd known from a lot of advocacy work, just Indian country generally especially work with the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center and the work that he had done the Violence Against Women Act and all of it but anyways knowing that Wilson is Osage I reached out to him and was sharing stories about my grandma Lily just saying this is kind of where I'm basing it on and then he started sharing stories about his grandma Rose and they sounded so similar (laughs) um they I know that they would have been friends if they'd known each other um Walking into a community that's not yours, but being a Native person, you just, I i wanted to walk in holding Molly the way I would expect somebody would hold my Grandma Lily if they were playing her, mm. um, that it was really important to to sit with people and hear their stories. Uh, a lot of those stories got integrated and changed the way that we see Molly on film. Like, one of Wilson's stories of his Grandma Rose changed the entire, like, first date scene between, between um... Ernest and Molly. Oh, no way. That scene when uh, when Molly goes and gets the whiskey <laughs> before it had ended with the two of them drinking together and then uh, basically Molly drinking Ernest under the table, like still standing <laughs> while he's a mess, <laughs> which was funny, you know. Um, but ultimately that one changed because Wilson had shared a story of his grandma Rose and how um, how she would sit through a storm that blew in. And um, then we decided that that was a really nice way of showing this, these two different paces that these two characters moved through the world at. And, like, there was still that element of, like, he comes from this world and she comes from this world.
0: I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. More with Lily Gladstone coming up.
2: Hi, I'm Jessie Crookshank. Jay-
0: music you're listening to uh, right there by the way comes from Robbie Robertson legendary Canadian composer and and musician who's worked a lot with Robbie uh, worked a lot with Martin Scorsese I should say and who we lost not that long ago so it's nice to hear some of Robbie's music in Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm Tom Power you're listening to guest host Talia Schlanger's conversation with Lily Gladstone one of the stars of the film Killers of the Flower Moon. Lily plays Molly Burkhart who was a real woman by the way a real person and and, and this story is a, a true story about What Happened to the People of the Osage Nation? About the Osage people who found themselves very wealthy through the oil on their land. Then white folks come in to to marry them and take advantage of them and murder many people in the community. Yeah, so Lily's playing a real character. Molly Burkhart is a real person with a very heavy and a very difficult history. Her husband is played by Leonardo DiCaprio and that character is Ernest. And in the next part, Lily Gladstone talks about taking on such a difficult role and in particular how she protected herself and her own heart in the process. Here's more of their conversation
1: I think it kind of goes back to um, you know you you asking about the 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 play thing <laughs> <laughs> um, and having having all of that all of those opportunities where you know like I said, it's just so nice to have so many natives together in one place having a good time like that that helped tremendously'. It was, I mean, I respect every actor's process and a lot of people really need to kind of stay in that world. And there were certainly scenes where I needed to spend the day and go live in it by myself, kind of in my holding area and not interact with people. But the blessing of the way this film was made and how closely it was made with community and just how lovely everybody that came in, you know, um from you know not Indian country <laughs> uh how how wonderful and thoughtful and um, great everybody was like when when I needed to not be in it so much just for my own well-being it was easy to just leave the trailer and go on set and interact with people and sit and visit with people and mm. just spend time because I think I mean, that's kind of the balance of telling stories like this. You're unearthing these things that are really heavily traumatic and these generational griefs. But grief is something that you move through it when you're able to process it with other people. And um, I think a big part of it is balancing it with you know joy, with resilience. And we got that in such a real tangible way, just being there, doing and making this thing together. That um, yeah, it was there was like an inherent community built into the making of it that I could uh, that I could step into and participate with, and I keep that going. You know, it's um after the movie came out and after we had particularly a, an early early premiere for Osage people and conversations with friends that I keep in the community and I go back to pretty often. Everybody remarked on how happy they were to see it with other people, that it was really important to be able to see it with other Osages. And I did think about that, like how um how different it must be to watch it away from each other, because then you're left to just process that grief alone. Um yeah. so yeah, I think it's I think it is people say take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Um, it's also really important that we take care of each other. And I think that's how I was just able to, I don't know. It meant more, you know, I felt more taken care of as Lily, but it also just meant more in playing Molly because you're surrounded by the people that were most affected by this.
2: Yeah. I'm hearing what you're saying and how, like, I'm so touched by, by what it can, community and endeavor it was and how much Osage people were involved in the process and then this Mm -hmm. feels like a tricky question to ask but I do want to ask you because the film has sparked so many conversations about who gets to tell Indigenous stories Um, and Christopher, is it Cote or Cote? Christopher Cote? Cote. Cote, Mm -hmm. um, the Osage language uh, consultant on the film told an interviewer on the red carpet at the premiere that he wished he could see the story told through the eyes of of your character, Molly, and not Leonardo DiCaprio's mm-hmm. character, Ernest, but that it would take an Osage person to be able to do that. Um, right. What do you What do you make of that?
1: I feel like I'm really encouraged that it's not just Chris feeling that way. A lot of people are feeling that they wanted more of Molly's perspective, more of her sisters. And I think that's a beautiful and very just response. Um, and... I think a lot of people when they hear what Chris said or hear things that I have to say, feel like it's a dismissal of Marty. It's not. Um, Marty as a filmmaker understands what really his role and his place is and understands the story he wants to tell. And I think the thing that keeps keeps this trope of you know whether it be in storytelling or whether it be in the way the story is told it keeps it from being like a white savior thing you know that's that's one reason i kind of um try to qualify so much that uh that career shift that i was considering mm-hmm. you know it wasn't marty that plucked <laughs> in and saved my career it was marty <laughs> who kept me from uh from maybe going down a different path for a while, I always would have returned if it had been Eric or Kelly calling or like any, any native filmmaker that wanted to work with me. That just doesn't happen that often. Um, and it wasn't Marty, Marty plucking you out
2: or calling you. It was Molly Burkhart really.
1: <laughs> thank you, you know? for saying that. That's yeah. what, definitely what it felt like. Yeah, definitely what it felt like. But, um, yeah marty marty has done so much in being who he is and the kind of filmmaker he is to platform a story that everybody needs to know about that really you can't get you can't get the full perspective of what it would have been as an osage person unless it's an osage person making it or a native filmmaker that's close to that history anyway or close to osage people making it and i think it's really important that Marty has made a film that have made more people care about what that history is and want that perspective. Um, it wouldn't have been his place to try to create that because it's not his perspective. So, and in, um, you know, like Chris said too, it's, it challenges the audience and their own complicity with this by telling it through Ernest's story or through Ernest's perspective, the story through Ernest's perspective which is a really powerful thing for a filmmaker like Marty to be doing at this time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it has brought that desire to have more Molly, to have more of the perspective, hopefully brings audiences to seek out more and more native filmmakers because there's a lot out there. Um, my film Fancy Dance that currently doesn't have a buyer but has been screening, There was a there was a screening in Seattle that a lot of my close friends had gone to. My mom was at. And there was a and a afterward when this young man, she said he was in his 20s, stood up and said he had seen Killers of the Flower Moon a couple of days prior and thought it was an incredible film and loved it and encouraged everybody to see it for the film that it was, but also spoke about how he had that feeling too, um, that he wanted more of Molly, he wanted more of her sisters, he wanted more of that perspective and more of a look into what their reality would have been and then going to watch Fancy Dance the story about matriarchal love surviving colonialism through um keeping the language going through like keeping the search going <laughs> for for a missing sister um for keeping the dance going like that film he said he felt like Fancy Dance and Killers of the Flower Moon should be seen together cuz hmm. he said everything that was in Fancy Dance filled in that space for him that he had de- you know he developed that um he developed a, a desire to see that. So um, I think it's important that we have this platform. It's always paramount that people tell their own stories, but it's also really important that native stories get the attention of these filmmakers like Scorsese, that, um, that our stories and our narratives be told, and this is the big thing, be told with, not by, you know, like it wasn't, It wouldn't have been Marty's place to tell an Osage story as an Osage filmmaker, but his place was to tell this story with Osage people. And just community really still, I mean, there's a reason everybody calls him Uncle Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I hope that it's the I hope that it's established a new precedent for people who are wanting to work with histories and communities like this.
2: I join you in that hope and congratulations on, on the film. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a real honor to get to talk to you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks, Lily
0: very grateful to talia schlanger and very grateful to lily gladstone it was lovely to hear the two of them have that conversation Uh, the other episode we have up today is my conversation a very surprisingly spiritual one with leslie odom jr about and again i think this is a theme on the show since i've been hosting it i don't know what that says about me that fame and 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 all that kind of stuff that we we look for doesn't actually fix what needs to be fixed inside all right go check that out we'll see you soon later on